Welcome to the God Shift Podcast, where we move you from disruption into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and individuals, organization leaders, and ministry leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how elevating God's position in your life empowers you to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty and unlocks the door to confidently move you into your next chapter. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of a God Shift podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler, and I am so excited that you are here today. So before we get started, I want to ask you a favor. So wherever it is that you are consuming this podcast, I would love for you to take a screenshot whether that's of your cell phone, your laptop, your tablet, wherever you're listening, and post it on social media. When you post it on social media, I would love for you to do two things. Number one, please tag us here at A God Shift. And number two, if you would post your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway. Why do I ask you for that? I say this every episode. I'll say it again. I am a podcast host, unlike many, that I'm not really attached to the number of downloads and the typical metrics that most people measure when they are producing a podcast. But I am interested in making sure that this information gets into as many people's hands as possible. Why? Because people's lives, the worlds, our communities are in such an upset. And I want people to recognize that there's hope on the other side of whatever it is that they have either gone through or are currently going through. And the more people that share this podcast, the more people that can experience that situation. So that's why I have that ask. So thank you in advance for that. All right. Well, I am going to read my guest's bio and then we will get right to the interview. So my guest has always believed in taking care of the things that he has been blessed with. It is his mission to help others in doing the same. His perspective derives from a battle with cancer at age 18. After growing up an only child, it wasn't until he was legally an adult that he felt alone. Having his life threatened at such a young age led to a unique view of the gift that is vitality. So welcome to the show, Bob De Pasquale. Hey, Shana, how are you today? I am doing so good. I am excited to get into this conversation. So, Bob, before we get started, um, I love to read people's bios and they're so eloquently written and they have such, you know, words that pop and have great impact. But I also would love to hear the 15 to 30 second version in your own words of exactly who you are and what it is that you do. I call myself a purpose driven impact maker. That story, and we'll probably dive into it here, really changed my life about half of my life ago. So I spent half my life prior to my aha moment type of experience and half of half of my life after. And I wouldn't say that I'm that different of a purpose, a person, but I have a much different purpose now. And so maybe this is not 15 or 30 seconds, but I really care deeply about the gifts and skills that we've all been blessed with. And I think humans are made to share those gifts and skills with others to make the world a better place. That's so good. Share their gifts and skills with others to make the world a better place. That is so good. 
So my definition of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose. And but ultimately it moves you into a greater destiny. A byproduct of that is not only does your life improve, but typically the lives of other people's improve as well. So I would love for you to share with us, Bob, a time that you have experienced some form of disruption or unexpected circumstance. Maybe it was a setback, a disappointment, a delay, something that you feel like the Lord used in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Would love to share this. Uh, a big, a big disruption in my life happened when I was 18 years old. And I now now we're all 18 at some point. I'm assuming most of your listeners um, are past 18. Maybe there's some probably. before. <laughs> if you're before, that's fine too. Uh, but you'll probably get to this point when you're 18, you kind of feel like you're invincible. So I I was this um unexpecting but somewhat confident type of kid going off to college at 18, ready to play football, ready to get my education, move out of the house. I thought I was going to take on the world. Uh, and I kind of did take on the world, but, but unexpectedly it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the world that hit me. Um, I, I thought I had an injury. I was in that, I was actually in training camp okay. playing football at Hofstra university in long Island, New York. And my whole family's from up there, except for my parents uh, who moved down to South Florida when I was three. So I thought I was going to move back up New York, back up to New York, get a little bit closer to my family, get my education, play sports, who knows? Uh, but I was super excited. And after a series of, uh, you know, injuries or, or not even a series of injuries, series of events, I thought I had what was a, a, a groin injury. Now, if you've ever pulled your groin muscle, you don't realize like how much you use that. You, it's, you can't sit, you can't stand, you can't walk. All you of these play, things happen. You can't do anything. Yeah. And so, you know, you're an athlete. You figured you've had an injury before, not that big of a deal. Well, I was doing this. Uh, I, would, I would do this, uh, this rehab exercise on a three-wheeled stool. So I'm sitting on this stool and every morning at like 5 6 o'clock in the morning at, in a college training room during training camp, there could easily be a hundred people in this training room. So okay. sliding across the floor is like dodging, you know, tens and twenties of people. Like it was very, very challenging, very, very challenging. And after I was doing it for like three or four days, uh, you know, you think I would be getting better. Right. And the only thing I was getting better at was sliding on a stool. And the the trainer stood up and he's a smaller guy and it was so loud in the morning and I couldn't, I, I, it maybe just seemed like this, but all of a sudden it got quiet and all attention was on him yelling at me. They called me Bobby at the time. He's like, Bobby, what are you still doing in the training room? You got to be back out on the field. It's just a little muscle pull. And when the head trainer calls you out uh, and you're the, what I thought was an invincible 18 year old, it was kind of, an, you know, it was kind of a shot to my ego, right? For sure. And, and so we had this more serious conversation a little bit later. I said, listen, Rick, you know, this is not getting better. Like something's wrong. So he sent me to all these different doctors, series of tests, CAT scans, ultrasounds, MRI, you name it. I had every test in the book and I had an appointment with a urologist who uh, he, Rick was like, you got to go to a doctor here. You know, this is no longer a, a training situation. You need a doctor. So my parents were supposed to come up and for my first ever college football game. Now they knew I wasn't playing at this point. But they were coming up on a Thursday for the game, which was on Saturday. And I had the doctor's appointment the same day. And I went into the doctor's appointment. And all these other tests that I had took all day. I mean, hours and prep and everything. He basically just sat me down. And within five minutes, he was like, Bob, you have cancer. And I was like, what? 
that, like that's crazy. Like I'm 18 years old, I'm invincible, right? And I didn't even know what to say. I was just in shock. I didn't even know how to react. So I left the appointment. Now, once again, I'm 18, technically an adult by myself. And the doctor tells me I have this serious illness. And as soon as I walked out of the doctor's office, right out of the building, my mom calls me. They had just landed. Wow. And they were in the car on the way to meet me. And she's like, oh, how did the appointment go? And I was like, uh, well, let me explain. The doctor said I have cancer. And I could just feel it on the other side of the phone, Shana. Like, it just, my mom was like, she didn't say anything, but she said so much all at the same time. The only thing I remember hearing is my dad kind of like yelling, like he was, he, he knew something was wrong. He's like, Susan, what is it? My mom's name is Susan. And we ended up meeting at my uncle's house, which is where they were staying. Cause like I said, my family is from there and we just kind of all looked at each other and shed some tears and said some prayers and really didn't even know what to expect. So wow. you asked about an event that happened unexpectedly. This was absolutely unexpected. So um, I talked to an oncologist right away, basically. And he said, all right, well, there's a bunch of things that you have to do. You got to you know, stay enrolled in your classes. We're not really sure what we're going to do, but you can't just stop your life completely. You just ha you have to keep going on. We decided I would stay in New York. So a couple of days go by and it's Saturday, the day of what was supposed to be my first game. Obviously, I wasn't playing in it at this point. And my uncle's best friend comes over the house. And he's there for a minute and he hands his keys to my parents. And he said, Bob and Susan, I can't imagine what you're going through with your son right now. Take my car for as long as you need it to go to any of doctor's appointments, tests, whatever you need, you have my car. And he was there for maybe 15 minutes. And he said goodbye to my uncle, said goodbye to us. And he left. He said, oh, you know, have a great day, you all. Wow. And we were like, wow, that was quite an act of generosity. You were just going to give us this car. My parents were like in tears. So a couple of days go by. Uh, it's now Tuesday, my second ever college class I was going to. I was in the class and I think I, my parents had dropped me off using Tim's car. And it is kind of funny, actually, my parents dropping me off at my college classes. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, you got to find the humor in this, right? So I, I, I get out of the class. I go to the cafeteria. It's like right next door to the to the building there. And uh, I don't know if you remember, like, remember those TVs? Not not a flat screen TV, but like a, a, a tube television on a bracket hanging from the ceiling, like in the corner. And I'm watching the news. Now, I don't, you know, I'm not really watching the news a lot. I don't know the news stations in New York, but I'm sitting there eating like a breakfast burrito or something. And all of a sudden, on the screen, a plane hits the Twin Towers. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. So I call my dad. I said, hey, did you see this? The plane just hit the one of the Twin Towers. It's crazy. And we're talking for you know less than a minute. And bam, the uh, second plane hits the other Twin Tower. And my dad and I were like, what is going on? He's like, you better come back to your uncle's house. This is crazy. This is, that was not an accident. Sure. So I, hop, I, I don't even think I finished my breakfast. I hopped in the car. And it was typically about a 15-minute drive to my uncle's house. It took nine hours to drive from my school to my uncle's house. And I'm watching the towers like burning in the distance. I'm in New York. Sure. And I have a master's degree in broadcast journalism. I wanted to study radio. 
I will never in my life ever listen to nine straight hours of AM radio again. But it, I mean, it's absolutely riveting. I got, I got to my uncle's neighborhood, ran out of gas, and we had to push my car. I'll never forget this. Push my car into the driveway. We don't, I mean, I don't even know how we did this, what we were thinking. Uh, it was just a crazy time. We get in the house and my aunt is hysterical because she can't get a hold of my uncle who was on business the night before in Denver. Wow. And we're like, what are we going to, like, what's the world's coming to an end? What's going on? And finally, my uncle calls maybe six, seven o'clock at night, maybe, I don't know. And he said, I'm okay. I'm sorry. The cell phones were out, you know, no coverage. It was just, it was nuts. Even in Denver, people are like panicking. I'm going to try to catch a flight tomorrow, but I'm safe. I'm okay. And we're like, oh, thank God. But he said, but Tim, my best friend was in the towers and he perished. And we were like, wow, that's crazy. So it turns out Tim worked for Cantor Fitzgerald, an investment banking firm, and they would donate uh, office space to my uncle's foundation, which is for cystic fibrosis, the serious respiratory and uh, immune and digestive disorder that affects my cousin. And who turns out I spent a lot of time with during this period of time. And Tim was in the towers with all the other, I mean, hundreds of employees of Cantor Fitzgerald. And the one lady who was typically in the office that early that worked for the foundation was late, never late. Tammy was never late, uncharacteristically late, stuck in the subway uh, when it happened. It was able to get out. And so this confluence of events, Shana, was just absolutely unexpected. And uh, I, I couldn't, you know, could never have predicted anything like that. But ironically, thank God I'm healed physically and mentally. It took you know, four or five months to get over all of what happened. Yeah. Um, I, before, I was past it. I was physically you, before safe. You, before you go in that direction, like, wow, like I just, I don't even know how to respond. Just, wow. The cancer was bad enough, but, you know, I, I, I I'm always amazed um, to hear the stories of the people who have a direct 9-11 um, story. So praise God that you were okay. But let's, let's unpack your story a little bit. So mm-hmm. you're 18 years old. You're living the typical college athlete life, right? Like, like, um, life of your dreams, if you will, right? Like you're enrolled in college, you're, you're playing for a football team. I imagine you probably always wanted to do that. And you find out what you think is just a common sports injury is actually a potentially life threatening disease. Why do you believe? Well, let me ask, let me ask it this way. How did that situation get your attention and why do you believe it had to happen? That's an excellent question. And I mentioned how mentally, physically, I was healed quickly. I am the type of person, I love to accomplish things. I love to be challenged and driven, right? And in my mind at the time, I took this as just another challenge. Right. I just got to power through. I'm going to, it doesn't matter that I have cancer. I'm going to be the best cancer patient I could possibly be. My oncologist told me the exact amount of water to drink to the ounce, how many hours of sleep to get, what to eat, what not to eat, what to do. And I thought it was, I thought the purpose at the time was to power through and to prove that I could be cancer. And there's a lot of, 
t-shirts and member, uh, you know, logos and swag and all, whatever you want to call it out there about, you know, beating cancer or, and, and I believe that's important because we, it's a terrible disease in many forms. However, I didn't realize all of what was happening. It took me about two years to get over it, to figure out the emotions of it all. So when you ask, you know, why I think it happened and what my mindset was, it, I, it happened specifically, unequivocally. It's taken years to figure it out, but unequivocally it happened. Unequivocally, it happened because God wanted me to realize that it wasn't just about me, that there was a million other forces in my, not a million, but a lot of other forces in my life at the time that were going to help me through that. And I can name a whole bunch of them off and I have reasons and purposes and stories behind all of them. But I, at the time, I thought it was just me being the best cancer patient known to man. Mm -hmm. Wow. And what did you learn? What did you learn about yourself during that process? Well, I learned that I was human, first of all, that I'm, you know, not invincible. Um, you know, that, that my faith is not only, uh, you know, a function of, of hope for the future, um, but, uh, but also a function of humility and understanding that, uh, you know, I'm here for a specific purpose that maybe, you know, maybe I haven't figured out yet. And my purpose isn't just to play football and maybe play professional football or talk about it on the air or, you know, whatever other activities I was in. My purpose was more designed around using what I do have. Um, and at the time, it wasn't my health, uh, using what I do have to make the world a better place. And yeah. I had to realize that I needed something. I need, you know, I wasn't, I don't want to make it seem like I was this terrible, arrogant kid who was destined to, uh, you know, to be an egomaniac and, and stomp people that, that, that wasn't my mindset, but I did think I was pretty much unstoppable. How did you respond? Well, it's interesting you say that. Um, in the moment, my response was, almost like I was just, it just, it was my athlete's mindset. Yes, coach, doctor, I'll do whatever you take. Like I said, I'll do exactly what you need me to do. Um, I'm confident we'll, you know, I'll, I'll beat this thing and what's happening in 9-11 right now. I'm, I'm going to figure that out too. You yeah. know, once I heal from it's my cancer, I'm going to take down the world. Right? Like, I love that you talked about the emotional piece of this because sometimes we can become so attached to meeting the goal and focusing on the tactics that it's going to take to meet the goal that you just become robotic and then you're not really healing from a holistic level. Right. Absolutely. And that's what I was robotic. And, and to some degree, I think I, I was the right person. I, maybe this is not the way to word it, but I, I was someone who could handle that. And I think yeah. the robotic nature and driven achievement nature, like turning beating cancer into uh, you know, a contest almost was healthy yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, I think my parents knew that. I think my oncologist definitely knew that he knew right away the type of person I was. Um, and I, you know, it turns out that my, my, my niece, so my uncle's daughter, what her, one of her friends from school, she was young, you know, like elementary school at the time, her dad ended up being my oncologist and that mm -hmm. God had a hand in that too. And uh, so I was able to be treated by him. And now he was typically treating people who were older patients. So I was kind of a unique case for them, almost like a case study kind of. And so they, they, they set me up in some pretty unique situations to kind of pull me out of the uh, elderly, suffering, dying, yeah. you know, place and put me in, I had my own room. Then the nurses really built me up and loved me and 
like I, I was treated very, very well, which was healthy for me. Yeah. I want to um, unpack something a little bit more that you just said that I think it's important to note, and I definitely don't want us to gloss over this, is that we're handpicked for adversity, right? Mm-hmm. And people are probably like, what the heck is she talking about? But you said something that I believe is so key, is that the way you were wired made you the right person for the job, right? Mm -hmm. And so I want people to recognize that when the scripture says that the Lord won't put anything, you know, he won't put more on us than we can bear. A lot of that is tied to who he designed us to be and how he made us to operate. I'll Mm -hmm. give you a, a, a quick story on that, that I can really relate to what you were just saying. So at the time of this recording, I very, very recently buried my father. And so, of course, you know, everyone is like, you know, how are you? How are you doing? Do you need anything? If you just need to talk, um, you know, let me know how, how you know, let me know I'm, I'm here. You know, oh, my God, I know this has got to be so hard. And am I heartbroken that my father is gone? Absolutely. But I am I in the floor for 12 days, like I always thought I would be? Absolutely not. And one of the things that I recognize about the way that I am wired is that I have a supernatural grace that is placed on my life. And that shows up like being able to handle multiple things at one time and not feel stressed out or overwhelmed. Being able to say, Yes, I'm sad that my father is is gone, especially the fact that he died, you know, unexpectedly. But there has been such a peace and a grace on my life that I was able to handle the service with grace. I was able to handle helping my son through this with grace, who was very, very much so impacted by losing his best friend. And so I want us to recognize that not only um, are things happening for us and not to us, but we're hand selected to be able to go through what it is that the Lord is taking us through. So if you have experienced something that you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to make this. Or you, you experience something around the corner that you're like, I don't have any idea how I'm going to do this. I want you to go back and, and use the power of remembrance and recognize who you are and what is planted in you because you would not have been chosen to go through this adversity if it was not something that you were built to handle. And I love that you pointed that out. Like if it was going to happen to anybody, I was the best type of person, you know, for, for this to, to happen to. Yeah. And it's, it, it's interesting to think about that because, you know, I know a lot of people in, in life when they go through adversity, it, that, that's a hard mindset to find, you know, and I, I probably didn't find it right away. I definitely didn't find it right away, but I, I, under, I understand that now. And, you know, I do give you a lot of credit for how, um, you know, you've experienced and, and dealt with, you know, your, your sorrow recently. My wife's father passed away unexpectedly a few years back and had a similar situation. You know, I think if, if I was to ask her and we would have the conversation about it now, which we actually, we have, um, she probably didn't realize how strong she was at the time um, yeah. and has been since then. So it's powerful. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it's interesting that you say that because I know that I've always been a very strong person, you know, able to withstand a lot, but I always anticipated that when this happened, that this was going to be the thing that I would have no strength for. And mm-hmm. I probably have had more strength for this than I have had, you know, some of the other things that I've had to go through in my life. And so I am just trusting that um, 
that this peace that surpasses all understanding that the word tells us that the Lord will give us, that it continues. And I'm going to tell you what else I'm, I'm going to say, and I don't even know why I'm going this direction. So that has to me that this is for somebody is stop allowing people to project onto you what your experience or journey, or journey is going to be like. Because if I had $5 for every single person that has talked to me from the day that my dad passed till now, that is telling me, oh, it's going to be so hard. And you're just, you're just feeling this way now because you're still in shock and you haven't processed, but it's going to be like this and it's going to be like that. Don't allow other people to project on you what your journey is going to consist of. Because although that may be a very strong possibility, I'm not accepting that that has to be my portion. You know, when I went into business, oh, the first 12 to 18 months is just going to be a booger. Not saying that that's not possible, but I'm not accepting mm-hmm. that that's going to be my portion. So everyone handles things differently. Everything goes through things differently. And so own your own journey and accept the way that you're going to go through your own journey. And don't allow other people to project onto you what your experience is going to be like, because your experience could be completely different. People are looking at me in awe right now and almost thinking that I am like, uh, like not a human being because mm-hmm. I've been able to have such strength and peace during this time. Mm-hmm. There's, this is where the information age that we live in troubles me at times. Like I love technology. The fact that we can be on a zoom meeting and uh, you know, I, I think it's very, very important for me in my professional life too. So not to minimize technology, but I think there's so much information out there that it's, it's, it's a lot easier to be projected upon. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, right. I mean, I'm notorious for this, right. I mean, as soon as I, like, if I have a hangnail, I look it up on WebMD and I somehow three minutes later, I have, I have terminal cancer again. Like, it's just, right. best friend through and through. I'm like, stop looking up information. It's not your friend. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, there's too many, like you could, no matter what situation you go through in life, there's other people that have experienced it, right? So we can, if you take that information as, as you know, not, it's, it's one thing to be information. It's another thing to be, uh, to predict what's going to happen to you. And that's just not, a, it's just, it doesn't, it's not healthy if you have too many of those or any in some cases. So totally agree with what you're saying. Really appreciate that. Awesome. So I'm going to pause for a quick break and then we're going to get back and we are going to talk about how people can overcome things and do it God's way in a very similar way to what you and I have been fortunate enough to do. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to godsayshift.com. That's godsayshift.com to access it now. Awesome. So Bob, one of the things that I um, often say is that when you're going through tough times, when you're experiencing these levels of disruption and unexpected circumstances, that it's really important for you to elevate God's position in your life. In your opinion, why is that so important? I believe the challenges make you stronger for sure. Now, Sometimes they're unexpected, as we talked about. Uh, I also encourage people to seek out challenges for growth. And so I think God does put us in those situations uh, on purpose. And there's a reason behind it for sure. And for me, I think the key is staying in communication with God and the people around you in your faith circle, um, because it can be really easy to be distracted during those times. So I think it's very important to do that. And 
without those times, we would not have that growth. In fact, we honestly, in most cases, I kind of believe that if you're not growing, you're you're kind of wilting. Absolutely. And so it's important. It's important to have the challenges, and God puts them there on purpose. Absolutely. And so, what would you say to a person that they're like, "Listen, I've been listening to y'all for a little over twenty minutes now, and all of this sounds great, but I'm still struggling to put this all together." So, what advice would you have for a person that is struggling to? overcome what it is that they're going through and actually being able to find the ability to put God first during that time? Well, I would, well, first of all, prayer for me is, is, is the number one item. And I can tell you a short story about prayer and how important that was for me during my, my time. But before I go there, um, when in your prayer, ask God to, for me, what helps is asking God to show me what he's put in my life for that assistance, right? Because when I was going through my tough time, it was very important that I had this determined. We talked about like I was the right person to go through that, right? Um, because I know that at the time I, I wasn't spiritually or emotionally mature enough to really consider those things. I thought I was just powering through. Turns out there were multiple forces that I mentioned. So if you're struggling to overcome something, it's likely that there are forces and things in life, people. And, and things to help you through it that you, maybe you're not recognizing and having that conversation with God. And, you know, I, I personally believe that God loves our honest opinion. Not that he doesn't already know it, yeah. but, but he wants us to share it freely. So it's okay to say, Hey God, listen, I'm really struggling with this. I'm kind of upset and I don't know how to handle it. I'm, I'm, I know that you're doing something for me right now, but I can't see it. Yeah. You know, and, and it's a, a little bit of a cliche, but give me a sign, <laughs> yeah. you know? So really important um, prayer, asking God, that's the, that's the number one thing. And then also asking the, you know, the, the people around you, like your loved ones who are, who understand the situation, I'm sure they can help you. Um, like one of the biggest mistakes that I do, so my wife and I are almost about to, we're about to celebrate in, in about a month or so, our 15th wedding anniversary. One of the biggest mistakes that I've ever made in marriage, um, that I've made in my marriage is underestimating the knowledge that my wife can help me with, right? And just sometimes I feel like I don't want to be a burden when I'm struggling with something to ask her, or maybe I, I just assume that she wouldn't be able to provide to provide good advice about something. Just ask those people who love you, like they care, and yeah. don't underestimate their ability to be that voice of God, right? To be the conduit that God uses to enlighten you. Yeah, that's so good. So as we begin to wrap up, Bob, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? So I, I kind of alluded to it. I feel like it's very, very appropriate. So I, I need to tell this, this quick story. Sure. Um, my So I mentioned a couple of times now that there are lots of different things that helped me get through that period of time that I didn't realize. Well, so my wife and I, we actually, uh, we, we actually met through a, a mission organization where a group of us became really, really good friends. And we stayed in contact after spending 12 days with the, just meeting each other and spending 12 days together um, out, of, you know, out of state. And so we were having these conversations and we'd all keep in touch and talk a lot. And you know, eventually my wife and I, you know, and she was not my wife at the time, we started having these more serious conversations and we started, eventually we started doing the long distance dating thing. And there was one night that we were uh, having a conversation, probably like three o'clock in the morning for all I know. And we were, you know, young kids, if you will, just having a conversation. And she, she knew all of what happened to me because I had told the story, um, maybe not how I did now, but at least the facts behind it. 
And she wanted to get some more details, but, you know, and we're asking, we started like kind of breaking down, like what exact like timeframes and stuff. And she had this teacher when she was in high school who, who at the beginning of their semester said to the class at one point, she's like, he's like, you know, every so often class, I got this, you know, what we're going to do on this semester is every so often we're going to pray for our future spouses. And it's just something that I think of, I just kind of on my heart. I think we should do that periodically. And now if you're a 16 year old in high school, like, you're, you're like, okay, spouse. Especially yeah, you're, not, <laughs> you're not thinking about a spouse. So anyway, they go ahead and you know what they did it they, periodically throughout the semester, they would actually take some time to actually do this. And she, she thought it was nuts, whatever. And so we started doing the kind of the conversation, doing the math or whatever. And we're like, whoa, wait a minute. So while I was a freshman in college, that was the fall semester of your junior year of high school. When Mr. Zill encouraged the class to pray for their future spouse. Wow. And like, we we're like, like, it was a mind blowing moment. And um, to know that one of those forces that was helping me push through at that period of time was my wife, who didn't know me at all, was only 16 years old, was praying for me uh, during that, during the most challenging time of my life. So you never know, right? So Prayer is a powerful thing. And you also never know those forces that are helping you out that God put there for you. Yeah, that is that is so so good, and and you don't usually find out until it, until it's over, you know. So mm-hmm. you know when when it says in Romans that all things work together for our good, we don't usually see the good of what it is that we're going through when we're going through it. So that's where trust comes in is that we just have to trust and we just have to believe that that's the case, even though, even though we may not see it with our natural eyes. Well, Bob, thank you so much for being here today. So how can our listeners find you or follow you? Easiest place, bobdepasquale.com. I have all of my, just about all my information on there. My Twitter, Instagram, most of my social links are at bdepa, B-D-E-P-A. So any places you can find me there and you can, um, my DMs are always open too. So please contact me. I love talking to, I love talking about this stuff with people. So. Okay. And don't panic y'all. I'm going to make sure that I put all that in the show notes. Cause I know your number one question is like, how in the world do I spell deepest quality and what did you just say? So I will make sure that um, all of that information is in the show notes as well. And is there anything that you would like to offer um, our listeners if they would like to kind of go further with you? I know you do some things professionally as well. Yeah, sure. So th- there's there's two things I'll offer. If you go to my website, Bob Deepasquale, which you put in the notes, like you said, you can get, there's plenty of resources there you can get for sure for free. And the other thing is um, uh, initiateimpact.com is the name of my, uh, is the name of my business. Um, there's a free resource there on as well. And it talks about these type of conversations and having a healthy relationship with your finances. And part of my mission, I in gifts and skills that we talked about um, is to help people have a healthier relationship with their finances and be super generous. I'm all about radical generosity. So if you're a giver, um, come talk to me. We'd love to have a conversation. Yes. And that is so, so important. And even though we didn't spend a lot of time talking about that, here's what I know is that what we did talk about is how you can share your gifts and your skills to help make the world a better place. Most people who are faith-based believe in God at all, also have a desire to have impact and influence. And if you're broke, you can't impact nobody. Yes, I said <laughs> nobody. So, no. um, so yes, go ahead and go to both of those websites, get the information so that you can um, be a better steward of your finances 
and be a better steward of your life as well. So, Bob, again, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Everyone, thank you for listening to yet another episode of A Godship Podcast. I pray that it has blessed you like it's blessed me. Share, share, share this information with your friends, family, and even your foes. And um, go back and listen to some of the previous episodes as well. So thank you so much for being here, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.